Welcome back to another sci-fi podcast where psychology and finances intersect. Today, we're going to be further examining how we think, feel, and behave with money as it revolves around our financial relationship. So today, I'm going to walk you through a financial relationship checkup. It is, after all, September And September is Suicide Prevention Awareness. And so I wanted to give you a little information today that would not only improve your personal relationship with money, but it would also help you understand how others' relationship with money could be impacted. Not necessarily how you would intervene, but when you start looking at how you are working within your own framework, Then you'll find some new tools and resources on how to work with others. But for today, we're going to be sticking with you and what you're in control of doing for yourself. So today, again, financial relationship checkup, we're going to be talking about what's ailing you. And in true form, we've already recorded this class. And if you'd like to watch the full recording, more than happy to give you that link in this podcast. So just click around and you'll find that. But also, this is going to be a two-part series, so I'm going to leave you hanging so that you will not get the last two uh, pointers until the next time the episode airs, the next episode. So without further ado, I want us to start thinking about gauging where we are in our financial walk. Sometimes we have to take a little bit of an assessment. Uh, I do have a financial well-being assessment where the link will be provided for that as well, where you can see where you are, which will give you some guidance on where you'd like to be. So today I'm going to be talking about how we might be stuck in our finances. Many of us feel stuck. And that's the type of clientele that I get, whether it's a referral from a security manager from the employee assistance program, or it's a self-referral where Olivia, I just don't know what to do next. So I'm going to use a lot of car analogies. If you go back and watch the recording of this class, you'll see cars, vintage cars in my slides. So let's start with the first metaphor. A lot of people that I see in financial counseling are just sitting in park That might mean they're depressed, they're anxious, or they might be grieving, the grieving of the loss of a marriage, grieving the loss of a loved one. And so sometimes it just feels like you're just sitting there in park. The next one is you might be coasting where you're amotivated, no energy whatsoever that is coming from a well within you. If anything, there's a different external force that's moving you forward, which we don't want that either. We want this to be you driving yourself. Or you can't seem to get your finances out of first or second gear, and you get frustrated with yourself for that. Or you're revved up and ready to go, but you don't quite understand how to get there. Listen, let me validate you today. The average American holds $53,000 in debt. That includes uh, credit card debt, miscellaneous loans, and unpaid mortgage or second mortgage. So 
This causes not only psychological distress, but physiological distress as well. And so with this being suicide prevention awareness, I do want to empathize with folks out there that the financial struggle, especially in this economic crisis, is real. But a good place to start is to gauge where you are with this financial well-being assessment. So I would challenge you to do that. If you're listening in your car on the drive home, at some point find this podcast link so that you can go and take that assessment. So as a licensed professional counselor, when I worked in the mental health settings, um, I would always ask the question to my patients or my clients, do you want to get well? And you would ask, Olivia, why are you asking this question? If someone's coming to see you, of course they want to get well. And remember, we're focused on finances today. The question seems unnecessary, but it's intentional to challenge your thinking. You might be in a place where you believe that you can't even improve. And this assessment, this financial well-being assessment can help you understand wow, there are places where I can improve and I actually do have the power to do these things. It assesses where you can get well. So another reason I ask this question is some people truly do not want to move in the direction of financial wellness because if they do, it means that things are going to change drastically in their lives. If they improve financially, it may result in more marital tension. If they improve financially, it means they can't take part in the things that were providing them daily comfort. Or it means that they have to let go of certain status symbols, and it's really difficult for folks to do that. But the reason I'm talking about this, and and I hate to make it a little more somber than it needs to be. However, with this being suicide prevention awareness, I do want to give you a very somber statistic. According to the American Journal of Epidemiology, you are 20 times more likely to complete suicide when you have financial distress. That's huge. This is scientific research, no motivation, no political motivation to manipulate these numbers. This is how it stands. When they go back and do postmortem studies on what had occurred leading up to a completion of suicide, not only that, that number grows with each added stressor. So if you are experiencing divorce, if you are experiencing a significant emotional event in your life, a transition where your child is moving out of the home and going to college and there's more financial strain or, or even just stress at work, this is a great time to fully assess, do I need to go ahead and get my financial affairs in order so that I can reduce that impact of stress? Even if you know that you are not the type of person that would complete suicide, I would beg to argue that a lot of the folks who have completed suicide never thought that they would either. Again, for some people, that's based on impulse. So just to break it up a little bit more and bring a little more light and make this a little more airy, I heard a speaker last month 
who summed up so well how to move a person from a state of sickness to a state of well-being through four points of, of advice. Today, I'm going to give you two. But as I was listening to this speaker, and by the way, he was not referring to mental health. He wasn't referring to finances. It was just a general talk on moving from feeling stuck to unstuck. But as I was listening, I took copious notes because I thought, wow, this really encompasses the financial therapy session for me and all the, the, the four points that he provided. His name is Wayne Brown. And his talk was entitled, Position for Progress. The very first point that he gave was that when we want to move from a state of feeling unstuck, we need to change our standard. So I bring a little different flair and bring the car analogy in where we move from being an autopilot or automatic pilot to starting shifting into driving a manual. It takes more energy, it takes more effort to drive a stick shift or a manual transmission than it does an automatic. And that's true in our mental and emotional state as well. We get stuck in autopilot, not just psychologically, but financially as well. We're just moving along, this is what we know. This is the course. These are the habits that we know. And before you know it, we're in a rut, but that rut is comfortable because we don't have to think as much. We don't have to exert as much energy. So you might be stuck because you can't visualize yourself improving financially. You've set a standard way of living or a standard way of spending. This leads to automatic or automat autonomic thoughts that are rarely shifted or challenged. For instance, a lot of you um, who've uh, watched me speak or, or been in my classes, you know my history, very humble beginnings, very happy that my dad rejoined the army to pull us out of poverty. But I remember thinking at a very young age, my parents claimed bankruptcy three times, so I'm bound to repeat the same behavior. That's sad for a 16-year-old and 18-year-old to ponder, well, you know, these are the cards for me. This is what it's going to be like, so I might as well not try to get ahead. Saving schmavings, who does that? Only rich people, right? Well, that's wrong. That is not true whatsoever. Or you might have another autonomic thought. My parents, aunts, uncles, siblings, they all have bad credit, so I will too. It's hard to see yourself somewhere else when you're stuck. We have to stop allowing past experiences or genetic code to set the standard. And this is where Wayne Brown comes in. He says we have to move towards truth. When we move towards truth, that's a new standard. We're not allowing our thoughts to bombard us unchallenged. We are now wanting to become steeped and rooted and grounded in reality of what we actually can do, what we're capable of doing. And I'm here to tell you as a financial therapist, the primary thing that I'm providing is education. And education will definitely help you change your standard. Accountability partners can also help you maintain 
once you've changed your standard. So you have to hear yourself say, I'm not going to allow others, including this economy, to set the standard. I get to set it. That's so powerful when we shift from a place of being a victim to being a courageous warrior with our finances. I had no idea what I was capable of doing until I met my then boyfriend who became my husband at the tender age of 18. And he started coaching me on finances and what little amount of money I had to put away every month where I could retire at the age of 50. And I remember thinking, that's it? Are you serious? So you don't have to be rich, do you? No, you don't. So change your standard. The second thing that Wayne Brown talks about when he talks about moving from a state of feeling stuck to a state of not feeling stuck and being free is to change your source. This is where we get to tune into more financial truths. What is your source? Is it the constant negative news cycle? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, other social media like Pinterest, parents, aunts, uncles, children, friends, your neighbors, dare I say the Joneses that you're trying to keep up with? I want to pause here for a moment and read back to you some of the real live barriers that people who took this class when they completed the survey, they answered this question for me. What are your perceived barriers in taking steps to get out of a financial rut? One of them said striving for perfection. Perfection is unattainable. So that's an untruth. It is not something that can be obtained. Another one said, the influences in my life, people, and the media. So sounds like this person could change his or her source as well. Overextended commitments. Not taking the first step to get started. Wow. Another barrier is just not having a budget or a spin plan. And another one says, just not knowing exactly what to do. So just by simply changing your source, changing, changing the channel on this radio or TV input or, or for our brains, changing the source of what we're inputting into our thinking habits, then we definitely move from a diff- to a different position, one that will break us free of that rut and put us on a new course. I love what Wayne Brown said. He said, we are financially, well, he didn't say financially. I inserted this word, but he said, we are sick, but I'm inserting financially sick because we think like a sick person and are surrounded by sick people. We simply feed into each other's sickness. (laughs) And it's so true, especially with social media. So let me change that sentence. We are financially sick because we think like like a financially sick person and are surrounded by financially sick people. We feed into each other's sickness. So if we change our source, 
then we become well. We, we add more to our bucket that is absolutely going to help us rather than harm us. So what can I do, Olivia? What, what are the financial truths that I could seek out? Well, financial books, financial podcasts like this one, financial therapists like me, any financially healthy person who can speak financial truth into your life. Even the employee assistance program, those folks can assist you with helping you challenge those autonomic thoughts or thinking patterns that may not just be impacting you financially, but also impacting you emotionally and psychologically in other areas, whether it's in your social life, your occupational life, or what have you that's keeping you stuck. So maybe you can't shake the financially sick person in your life, like a spouse. Definitely don't want to encourage you to divorce somebody just because they're not a saver like you. (laughs) Or maybe you're the spender and they're the saver and it feels like they're the sick one. And it's not to put the blame game on anyone here. But again, if you start focusing on what you can do, then you can start changing the source to having a different conversation, not only with your spouse, but with yourself first. What are the beliefs that I hold around money? What are those thoughts that I have that go unchallenged, that bog me down, that keep me from moving forward, that keep me from getting out of that second or first or second gear, and I can't, just can't move forward? Well, Stay tuned for the next episode where I provide the last two points that Wayne Brown was speaking of and apply them to your financial rut. But before we leave today, another reason you need to change your source is there's this terminology in the financial world that we call economic sentiment. It's how we are either optimistic or pessimistic about our economy, our personal views about the economy. When we don't change our source, we have an adverse economic sentiment where we tend to be more negative. We have a negativistic view about not only our financial future, but the nation's financial future. When you have a more optimistic view about your personal finances, that serves as a buffer during these times of economic crises. Because then you get to change that channel, change that source in your head where you're saying, if I can do it, surely there are others who can do it as well. Can't wait to see you or at least know your presence in the next podcast. I look forward to sharing these last two points with you.